the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Together for Good, brought to you by Baptist Health Foundation of San Antonio. Together for Good exists to recognize and uplift the many people working together for the good of San Antonio and the surrounding communities. Now here's the host of Together for Good, Cody Knowlton. Well, hello, and welcome back to Together for Good. This show is being brought to you by Baptist Health Foundation of San Antonio as a part of our mission to honor our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and our Baptist heritage by encouraging and funding health-related programs at area nonprofits and churches. Through Together for Good, we connect our audience to the great work these organizations do in our community. One of the most overlooked health risks in many communities is domestic violence. Domestic violence creates a perfect storm. It is stigmatized, frightening, isolating, and sometimes easy to hide. The trauma of domestic violence, if left untreated, often creates a cycle, turning victims into perpetrators. As many as one in three American women experience domestic violence, and as many as one in four American men do as well. So the process of escaping domestic violence is not, a, is, is not quick or easy. Many survivors have to start over with little to no resources, and there is often extensive trauma to work through before healing can take place. Finding a secure location that fosters that kind of healing can be life-saving. And today, we're going to talk about what that kind of safety looks like. So we're joined today by Reverend Becca Metnitsky, the Executive Director of Magdalena House. Becca has been on staff uh, in various roles uh, for four years. She's originally from South Carolina and got her bachelor's degree from the University of South Carolina and got a master's degree from the Duke Divinity School. So uh, glad to have you over from the East Coast after all that East Coast education, Becca. Uh, She is an ordained minister with the United Methodist Church, so she understands this on so many different levels. So, Becca, thank you for your time today, and thank you for all you do at Magdalena House. Thanks so much for having me. Good, good. Well, so let's just start off here. You know, what does domestic violence in San Antonio look like uh, currently, and uh, are there statistics that you monitor for that? Yes, domestic violence is a huge problem, specifically in our city. Um, And to put it in perspective with the state of Texas, we have the highest rate of domestic violence among major cities in the state. And in 2021, which is the most recent year that data has been available, the SAPD had 119,394 calls for family violence, which was up 12% from the previous year. And on top of that, there were 22 family violence homicides. Mm. Um, So if we picture 120,000 calls and we recognize that less than 50% of them are actually reported to police, then you can see it's a huge issue um, that we're facing in San Antonio. Wow. 
Well, so let's let's talk demographics a little bit. Do you believe any specific demographic is especially vulnerable? I mean, you know, when we're talking like age, social status, or just relationship status? Yeah, you know, something that's interesting about domestic violence is it appears across every demographic. It doesn't really matter um, what your education level is, your age, your race. Um, it appears in every single community. The kind of big difference, though, at least for the women who come to Magdalena House, are they don't have the support system. Um, so that could be for a lot of different reasons, but the, typically the women that move in don't have those social supports that are so necessary for getting help. Um, and when you think about San Antonio um, in general, we're a pretty diverse city. Um, you can drive you know, the medical center and see all kinds of different nations represented. And so we actually have a lot of immigrants who come because maybe the only support that they had was that abusive ex. Um, maybe they don't speak the language. I had a mom tell me the other day that when she came to America, she couldn't speak and her husband was abusive, but she didn't know the law. She had no idea what, what her rights were. Um, and that's just another way that abusers use power to trap their victims. Wow, that's interesting. What? Uh, so what does Magdalena House offer? To, to its clients. Sure. Uh, so Magdalena House is a transitional shelter for women and their children who are fleeing domestic violence and trafficking. Uh, we are dual generation, meaning we serve both moms and their kids. Um, and the goal is that after families leave Magdalena House, the moms are totally self-sufficient. They're living on their own. This is the last shelter that they ever have to be in. Um, and so a key piece of our program is all the moms are full-time students. They're mm. going to ESL classes or GED ca- classes or college, um, coupled with other programming like they're in therapy, um, they're doing parenting education, they have weekly enrichment classes. Um, So they're really putting all of these tools into their tool belt so that they can leave and be self-sufficient and take care of their families. Um, But on top of that, while they're at Magdalena House, all their basic needs are met. Um, So we're referring families to get SNAP and Medicaid and subsidized child care. And when they don't qualify for those services, we're able to supplement those costs out of pocket to make sure that everything is equitable um, in our program. We also offer legal assistance. So whether that means um, immigration assistance or family law, we make sure that they have access to those services that they need. Um, And so all in all, while they're here, what they gain is they're able to grow. They're able to heal. Um, they're able to learn how to trust again and have healthy relationships. They're able to care for their children. Uh, they're able to feel safe. Their kids have a safe place to grow up. Um, and so it's really an all-encompassing program. But again, the goal is that they're able to to live on their own after this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Becca, what's the history of Magdalena House? How did you guys get started? Yeah, we were started in 2007. Um, as the dream of Reverend Denise Barker. Denise is also um, Methodist clergy, and when she was in seminary, she felt like God was calling her to open a women's shelter. And it's one of those crazy things where she did just that. Um, And so with a whole team of volunteers and with donors, um, the late Dr. Kay Rogers was instrumental in helping to make it happen. Uh, We were born out of University United Methodist Church Mm -hmm. out on Days of Vala, and we uh, soon became our own 501c3. Um, 
and we we started just as a retrofitted ranch house that held four families, um, and that's kind of where it all started. And here we are, still doing the work sixteen years later. How many families can you accommodate now? So right now our capacity is twelve families, okay. um, but we are in the middle of a building project. So our goal is hopefully that we'll be able to double our capacity and hold twenty four um, once our whole campus is complete. But we're just in the beginning phases, so that won't be for a while. Yeah. Good, good. Well, so let's ask this question because I know it's hard. You know, what makes leaving abusive families or homes complex? Everything. (laughs) I mean, that's your support system. A lot of times um, the abusive partner has control of the finances or they work to um, ostracize you. They work over time to cut off all your social connections so that you feel like you don't have any place where you can go and get help. Um, You don't know who to turn to. A lot of times, um, like I said, with that mother I mentioned, they might not be able to speak English. Where do they go to get help? Uh, There's also fear of retaliation. If I go to the police, is this going to become worse for me? And couple that with if if there's a gun in the home, then the chances of lethality rise incredibly. Um, and so it's really, really a hard thing to actually leave. And in fact, it's said that on average, it takes at least seven attempts to actually leave for good. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's six times of trying and coming back. Um, so you can only imagine how difficult it is to actually leave these situations. Yeah. How does having children affect the decision to leave an abusive partner? Oh, it only complicates things. Um, (laughs) It makes it so much harder. You know, a lot of people have this image of the nuclear family. You don't want your kids to come from a broken home and kind of all that goes along with that. Um, I've heard time and time again, actually, the reason that mothers ultimately left their spouses was because all of a sudden the kid's life was in danger. Mm -hmm. So in some cases, it's the reason that they get out. It's one of those things like you can do whatever you want to me, but that's my kid. And that's where the line is. Um, In Texas, there are very strong uh, paternal rights. And so even in cases where um, mom and dad split up, they have to share custody of the kid. So on a regular basis, they're doing trade-offs. Hopefully it's in a secure location. um, But either way, you're having to face your abuser every week. And even worse than that, you're having to entrust that your kid is going to be safe with them when you know that's not a safe person. Um, So when kids are involved, it's all the more complicated. Complicated, and the reality is, it's it's going to be complicated for the rest of of that kid's life. Yeah, yeah. What makes your campus feel safe and homey? I mean, emphasizing the house part of the Magdalena House. I mean, yeah. how, do y'all, how do y'all do that? I think that's one of the things that we do best. Um, so the safety piece is, you know, we have a confidential location. We have security cameras. Um, we have uh, panic buttons. If any intruder is on our campus, then they can hit that. And, um, you know, police are immediately called. Um, but the homey part, we are really built like a neighborhood. Um, you know, we have a cul-de-sac and families um, live in a house. Each house holds four families. But it feels like any old neighborhood. We have a playground. We have beautiful trees. And a lot of times that's something that visitors and new residents alike will comment when they come onto campus the first time. It's just, wow, this feels like home. Um, And that's intentional. We know the um, impact that the built environment has on health and on healing. And we really want it to be a space where healing takes place. Mm. 
Listeners, if you're just now joining us, uh, this is Together for Good, brought to you by Baptist Health Foundation of San Antonio, and I'm your host, Cody Knowlton. And today my guest is Reverend Becca Metnitsky, uh, the Executive Director of Magdalena House. Becca has been explaining the complexity of domestic violence and the way Magdalena House helps women heal. Becca, is it a challenge to shelter mothers and children as opposed to just women? I mean, how are those challenges overcome? Sure. So it's a little different for us because the children are still in the mother's custody. Um, so it's not that we have legal oversight of over the children. But what it means for us is that we are serving two very distinct target populations, um, which means that we want our services to be equal for mother as it is for the child. And oftentimes that means having a staff that is capable and has the bandwidth to serve both populations. Um, one of the biggest challenges I have noticed is when it comes to child care volunteers, that's a major need for us. And we are so um, specific that you need to have two trainings, you need to have a background check. And that makes it really hard to build up that volunteer base because it's a lot of intent take um, before you ever get to meet a child. Um, But that's something that we're not willing to sacrifice on because uh, the children at Magdalena House are even um, a more specific type of vulnerable um, than even the moms. And we take that very seriously. And we want to make sure that the people that they are with are safe Mm -hmm. adults. um, And that is something that we're not willing to to give up on. So this question came to mind, you know, what are some signs uh, that someone needs help? I mean, what what can we be looking for uh, for that person that's experiencing domestic violence? And and if so, you know, how can we help them? You know, a lot of times um, it can be very embarrassing to admit that this is happening. Mm. Um, you, You kind of place blame on yourself. You feel like maybe you have allowed this to happen. Um, And so, you know, read the body language, read what is not being said. Um, And likewise, often when someone is experiencing domestic violence, they are withdrawn from their communities. Um, And that's part of the abuser's, you know, motive. That's how they are able to um, have more control over them. And so if you're noticing they're withdrawn, um, maybe they're... um, not responsive to you, things like that. Um, you know, or, you, or they're even in denial. Or they're in denial. Yeah, yeah. They're not saying there's no problem. We're mm-hmm. good. And yeah. and you have seen you know red flags, warning mm-hmm. signs. Um, listen to your gut because it really is more prevalent than we we think about. You know, we all know someone who has experienced domestic violence or who is experiencing domestic violence. And if you make yourself a safe person and say, you know, I'm concerned about you. I care about you. I have your best interest in heart, and I want to help you. Um, that can really open the doors. It might not be an immediate thing where they want to respond, um, but be persistent about it. Some great resources in San Antonio. I always point people um, to sacred.org. That's S-A-C-R-D.org. There's no E. Um, That stands for San Antonio Community Resource Directory. And it is a great database where you can search by what you need. So if they're looking for a shelter, if they're looking for rent assistance or food, um, they have every category you could possibly imagine. And that's a great starting point to, to figure out how to get their needs met. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the clients when they come to you. What expectations are there for them? I mean, how do you help them meet the requirements that you have for them when they get there? So we have what we call a covenant. Um, And a covenant is, you know, a set of 
two-way promises. And Magdalena House makes promises toward the residents saying, you know, we'll provide you safe shelter. Um, we'll encourage you on your journey to grow, things like that. Um, and the resident in turn makes promises back to us and to themselves. And their promises are a series of short-term and long-term goals. So the long-term goals usually includes an education goal. So I want to graduate with my associate's degree um, and a vision statement. And what's interesting is a lot of times at move-in, these vision statements are kind of simple. You know, I want to be safe and happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and the longer they're at Magdalena House, the more they're able to imagine a different future. And their vision statements take on a lot more color and texture. So they might be things like, I want to live in a house with a picket fence and two cows, um, or, you know, whatever it is. But they're able to actually sit back and picture what that looks like for them. And then the series of short-term goals, um, they're basically on five subject areas that we focus on. So parenting, education, um, physical health, mental and emotional health, and relationships. Um, And so they set a series of goals like, I want to make A's and B's this semester, or I want to read with my child every night this semester. And that's how we are able to hold them accountable to make progress on this long journey. Um, Because families can stay at Magdalena House as long as they're making progress on their major academic goals. So that could be years. And covenants are a way to break those up so that they're able to see every day they're waking up, they're making progress, um, and they're creating a new life for themselves. Well, now you're ordained in the United Methodist Church. So talk about how faith plays a role uh, at the Magdalena House. Sure. So, you know, for me personally, faith is how I see the world. It's how I make meaning of everything around me. Um, And working with survivors of these traumatic events It grounds me. It would be impossible for me to hear these stories without having uh, the bigger picture in mind, you know, recognizing that this isn't how it's supposed to be. And and not only that, but um, I believe that God doesn't want it to be that this way. And let's help make it not this way. Um, You know, I, I see the journey at Magdalena House in a lot of ways as a journey of resurrection. Um, and a lot of times we think resurrection happens overnight, but it's often doing the hard work of taking one step, one foot and putting it in front of the other and slowly but surely walking out of the tomb. And so for me, that's how I am able to make sense of everything that I see. Uh, many people on our staff also are people of faith. They are active in their churches, and I know that that is a helpful tool for them as well. Um But for residents, they can come in with as much faith or no faith, and it's all welcome, and um, there's a place for them no matter what. Some of the most faithful people that uh, live at Magdalena House right now are Muslims, Mm -hmm. and they have, you know, very faithful practices of, you know, dietary practices and prayer practices, and and that's a joy, too, to be able to talk with them about that and what that means for them and and why their lives are shaped the way they are. Mm -hmm. Listeners, I wish you could see the the, the face I'm <laughs> visiting with over the mic today. Uh, Becca is just such a happy person and just is smiling. And um, 
and 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 smiling and joy is needed uh, because you know what 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 she's dealing with is is, is complex and is not always the most funnest thing. But um, with somebody like Beck at the helm, uh, good days are ahead, and I think the staff responds to that. So let's talk about the staff. I mean, how do your staff and counselors uh, help your clients build confidence? To move forward, I mean, they've obviously been set back. Uh, you know, do you, do you have success stories that you like to share on that front? Sure. So a big key piece of Magdalena House is relationship. Um, you know, everyone who lives there has trauma that comes from being in a relationship. So it's like, why would you want to be in a relationship? They, they don't work. They hurt you. Um, but you can't go through life without people. And so for the staff, it's about building trust up. A lot of times families come in and why would they trust you? Um, and so it's making sure that residents feel like they are seen, that they are heard, that they are valued. And that can take a long time. We've had a lot of great successes over the years. Um, I can think about a current resident right now who came in and was unable to speak English at first. And um, she's in her first semester of classes in college in English, which is just incredible. Um, And she also recently has become a confident driver. She, when she moved in, she was not a very good driver, very um, frightening driver. And we paid for her to do driver's ed so she could feel more confident behind the wheel um, and, and encouraged her to take the baby steps of, you know, go this far today, go this far today. And now she's confident driving all around town. So that's a, a big win. Um, we've also had a, a recent graduate in 2021 who, when she came to Magdalena House, um, she started with her GED. And then she ended up getting an associate's degree and graduating with a bachelor's degree in social work. Um, And so, you know, her infant son had the longevity of being in the same place and experiencing growth and watching his mom succeed like that. Um, And now she works for us part time. She uh, works at another nonprofit organization full time. um, And she's going to night school to get a master's in social work. So she really experienced the the feeling of success that she could do it mm. um that she was capable um and and she's putting in the hard work and she's just going to keep going she's a force to be reckoned with mm. Again, folks, this is uh, Together for Good, brought to you by Baptist Health Foundation of San Antonio, and I'm your host, Cody Knowlton. Uh, today, again, my guest is uh, Reverend Becca Metnitsky, uh, the executive director of Magdalena House here in San Antonio. And uh, Becca's been uh, just uh, really enlightening us to uh, the complexity of domestic violence and the way Magdalena House helps heal. Um, Becca, I think you, you mentioned that the, the the clients stay as long as they're making progress, but what, what is kind of the typical or average stay uh, for someone? Yeah, it's such a hard question because their academic goals are really self-determined. So if a mom is interested in a certification or an associate's degree, you know, that could be, uh, you know, 18 months to two years. Um, But if they're interested in a bachelor's degree, that could be four years. It could be five years, depending on where, you know, where they start out, if they need a GED or ESL first. Um, and that length of time is critical to be in the same place, um, to be making progress. Your children have stability. You know, that really can change a person's life. Yeah, absolutely. Well, how can the community support you? And uh, certainly want to get your, your phone number and your website and all those kind of things. But talk about how the community can come alongside you and assist. 
Well, we survive by volunteers. So um, we have monthly work teams just doing projects around our campus. Um, but like I said, we also have a lot of child care volunteer opportunities. Um, so we have regular weekly child care that we offer for the parents while they are in um, our weekly enrichment class. And that does require a little bit of training on the front end. Um, but we would love, you know, any volunteers who are interested, you can visit our website, which is maghouse.org. That's M-A-G-house.org. Um, and you can also call us at 210-561-0505. And one other way is we are always looking for donations, mm-hmm. um, especially around Christmas and Thanksgiving and that time of the year. We're doing coat drives. Um, we're doing, uh, you know, food drives, gift cards. We, you know, we provide HEB gift cards for families who don't qualify for SNAP. Um, so that's always something we're looking for. So if you are interested, we can set you up or your organization up by hosting a donation drive for us. And that is always much appreciated. So if you volunteer, uh, whether child care or projects, you, you would go through a background check, I take it? Yes, that's right. Um, and on our website, you can click on the volunteer forms and it takes you through the basic form, which has a consent for a background check and a waiver of liability already attached. Yeah. Okay. Again, that's maghouse.org, M-A-G-H-O-U-S-E.org. And Magdalena House's phone number, uh, 210-561-0505. And again, uh, donations, volunteer uh, opportunities for you individually or as a company, I guess, uh, is always is always welcome as well. So, uh, Becca, we're grateful for you, grateful for all you do in this community and for your organization uh, and the impact it has. So I'd like to offer a word of prayer uh, for us before we depart and uh, just to lift you up and say thank you, Lord, for Magdalena House and for what you're doing. Let's pray. Lord, thank you uh, for this day. Thank you uh, for every day. We we count it a gift. And Lord, we're grateful for Magdalena House, uh, for the fact it was started uh, at all, and that it is meeting a real need. And uh, Lord, we just pray for this organization, pray for Becca, her board, her staff, uh, her volunteers, uh, just everything about the organization that you would continue to help it be sustained and thrive. And Lord, we pray for the ladies, uh, the women, the uh, the children uh, that are, are are there and staying and just pray they would continue to make progress, that they would feel safe, that they'd feel loved, um, that um, their dynamics would, would grow simpler uh, and less complex and perhaps have a life that is normal and calm. Uh, so we just lift them up and uh, pray for each one of them as they uh, cross the threshold of Magdalena House. Um, Lord, just continue to bless uh, the work that we do in your kingdom, and we're, we're here to serve you, Lord, and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, Becca, thank you for taking time to come visit with us today. Uh, just love for what y'all do, and uh, we know that the work you and your colleagues are doing is challenging and, uh, quite frankly, often unseen by the public, uh, but you're such a valuable lifeline to so many who pass through your doors, so thank you. Thank, thank you. you so much. Listeners, we're always grateful that you uh, carve out a little time to listen uh, to Together for Good every week. So we hope you've been encouraged. 
by the work being done in our community to improve the lives uh, of our neighbors. Uh, As always, you can catch our episodes anywhere you get your podcast or by visiting Baptist Health Foundation of San Antonio's website, bhfsa.org slash together for good. We'll be back next week with another great conversation about health matters in our community and the work of nonprofits and churches. And we're just so grateful to bring the show to you. God bless you and take care. Thank you for tuning in today for Together for Good. We hope you've been encouraged, uplifted, and inspired. Until our next time together, may the Lord bless and keep you. And in all things, to God be the glory. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.